everything around me. Cream to the sugars, dollar dollar bill y'all. Coffee rules everything around me. Cream to the sugars, dollar dollar bill y'all. Coffee rules everything around me. Cream to the sugars, dollar dollar bill y'all. Coffee rules everything around me. Hey everybody, thanks again for checking out the Creamcast. You can find us on iTunes, also on SoundCloud, or we're about to launch the website creamcast.com. Today I had the pleasure of sitting down with Leaf from Stereoscope Coffee. You can find them at stereoscopecoffee.com, also on Instagram. We talked a lot about mentorship, being a barista, roaster, business owner, his local community, specialty coffee in general how he's changed from when he started roasting almost 10 years ago to where he is now, educating his customers, bright coffees, where he sees coffee going, single origin, his thoughts on blending. This conversation kind of starts mid-sentence, so I wanted to give a little bit of context. A lot of these conversations and the intros to these start way before we press play, and so I was able to catch a little bit of our conversation, but I was just basically asking him how he started and how he got the beautiful shop that we were in, so... Hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, the owner kind of didn't want to kind of take care of. Yeah. So he had um, connection with the chef that I worked with in the, the place I was working at. Okay. And uh, so he introduced me to him. And then like, he was like, you want to manage a shop, you know, you can just do whatever you want, you know. You could do all the constructions however you want and just like run the whole place. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was a good opportunity, you know. After being a barista, you got to kind of step up to the next game, you know. Uh, you have to know how to manage the shop in order to kind of start your own thing. So that's how I kind of got into here. Are you guys are you guys in cafes or a little bit of restaurants or? Uh, it's a cafe, okay. specialty cafe. But it's, I wanted a place where it's more interactions with the customers. Yeah. That's why we put all the seatings here, you know, so yeah. everybody could just chill and then we could just kind of have interaction with the customers. Yeah. How you like your coffee? Just sit down and just have a chat. So it's like, it's like, you know how in LA, you know, you have a lot of co- the coffee shops that's like more stuck up, you know, like being all spoiled, you know, saying, uh, you don't know coffee, but here I kind of want more interactions with the... Are you finding that a lot of your customers are sophisticated or are you having to do a lot of education with your Well, customers? when I first got to OC, even two years ago, there was no thing as a specialty coffee. Okay. So it was kind of hard <laughs> to kind of teach people, you know, yeah. they have different origins, they have different flavors. It was kind of hard to teach them, but then like after you kind of you kind of get into it, mm-hmm. people kind of tend to accept it, you know? Yeah. Things like Brazil and like Ethiopia, like a natural Ethiopia, they're like the gateway coffee where people kind of take it. Yeah. But it's very comfortable and very, you know, easy to kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started with them too. The coffee bean, the biggest competitor around here? Like, I don't, uh, there's, a, there's one um, roastery shop down there, like down kind of over there. Okay. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't, there's no roastery shop anywhere around here. <laughs> so if you want to say like competition, I would say like, like down close to so. Okay. So, so there's three of you here and there's one more. Yeah. That's the core team. Oh, you, that guy's not it. <laughs> he's not it. <laughs> I just included him, threw him in there. <laughs> Yeah. So we have a um, like the web designer, like graphic design person. And there's me. There's him. And there's the other guy who does all the online stuff, like and okay. the trainings for the other coffee shops. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So. Do you guys have like a weird area of the country or or in the world that like orders your coffee and has you send it to? Them? Like, 
uh, different countries? Uh, not yet. Mm. Yeah, but maybe later on we might go to China. Yeah, venture there. That seems that seems to be. I've talked to five or six different coffee companies. China seems yeah, to be I mean, a big topic. Yeah, I mean, it's like growing exponentially. You know, it's ridiculous. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Is there a state other than California that kind of requests your coffee more than anywhere else? Or um, I got one from Nevada. Your Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Seattle. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's doing some contact with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So do you guys do... Are you going out and doing, like... Do you go to SCAA every year? Oh, uh, we try. We're, I've been trying to do it, but then um, our company started last year January so I've been kind of busy with all the productions and the sales <laughs> yeah, so, I can yeah I kind of need to stabilize a little bit before I got, get into competitions but him and the other guy you know they didn't prep for it so yeah he, he competed in Korea too, so, yeah he's from Korea so. how did you guys all meet? oh you know Andante? Yeah. have you heard of Andante? yeah yeah him and I um, we all worked together in IOTA oh crazy yeah so the manager there Tommy from yeah. Andante me and have you heard of Eaton from Temple Coffee? Mm, I've heard of Temple Coffee. Yeah, so the roaster there, we all worked at IOTA. So Tommy's my mentor. William from uh, Suits and Knives, highly oh, recommend him. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he was the last interview I did. Yeah, he was, he and I, he, this is how crazy this all gets. He and I worked for the same company. He worked for him 15 years ago, and I worked for him close to almost 10 years ago. Oh, so, like, he roasted for him, and I was a barista for them. For, oh, like, like oh. way up when he was in Santa Rosa. Like, Oh, yeah, so it's a super small world. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how do you typically carry? You've got what five five coffees now? Do you typically carry? Right now, I mean, I just got to Kenya, so I have like and a different Sumatra, so I have like six or seven right now. But usually, I try to make like a lineup where I have like a natural, uh, fully washed. And some like commercial coffee where people could kind of easily get into, mm. and, like a uh, Brazil. I always carry Brazil because not a lot of people like bright coffee yet. Yeah. So I kind of <laughs> want to accommodate for that. So yeah. I have a Brazil, and then you know, so I have a really like a high end coffee and a pretty low coffee, so I can kind of meet everybody else. But yeah. Do you do any any blending or do you stick strictly with single origin? Uh, I don't really do blending yeah. just because I don't believe in it. Like I don't see a reason why you would do a blending because I mean like different coffees have different profiles, you know. Yeah. But if you were to brew it, if you if you were to brew a coffee that's blended with different profiles, you know, it's bound yeah. to have different you know brewing ratio like yeah. those two coffees. So then you're not brewing a coffee perfect cup. So yeah. What uh, what do you what do you stick on the espresso machine or do you kind of depends on? Um, I like Vineyards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Do you have a specific region for your bean of, of espresso? Uh, I just go with the season. Whatever's fresh, That's whatever's awesome. good. So, sometimes I would just put Kenya, single origin, and espresso. Mm. Yeah. How have people in this area kind of grown with you? Are they, are yeah, they really, yeah, really yeah. trusting now? Or yeah. Yeah, in two years, it was amazing how fast people kind of adapted to it. Yeah. It was fun learning about it. And then I would, like, recommend people to go out in L.A., you know, venture out to different cafes, and, you know. Yeah. To, I don't want it to be, like, just me always, I'm doing specialty coffee, you know. Yeah. Just stick to me, you know. That's stupid. Like, yeah. if you want your cafe to grow, everybody needs to grow in the industry. So, yeah. So I always recommend people to go to different coffee shops in L.A. whenever they kind of visit L.A. So... And then they come back to me and tell me, you know, how it was different, how it was the same. Just, it's fun. 
Who do you who do you typically send them to? Um, LA. I would send them to you know Cognizant. He's always solid. Copa Vida is good. And some like kind of major coffee shops like groceries like some town blue bottle. I just uh, tell them to go there just to see like the vibe of it. The show, yeah. yeah. Um, who do you besides what you've got now, which is, I mean, looks like you got a killer lineup. Do you, who are you drinking right now? Who, who do you have bags? I had Ritual and Four Barrel. Those are two of my favorite. Kenya from the Four Barrels will be like definitely my favorite, and then Ritual is Forty Nine Parallel. Yeah. Yeah. Do you plan to stay with kind of a range for everybody to kind of sample from dark to light, or are you are you would you prefer to just go all light and all bright? I believe in development rather than the profile itself. I feel like um, each coffee has its own story to tell, like how the flavors it has. You know, everything's distinct. You know, but I feel like roasting it should just be about you bringing out the flavors of each origin, not about how light or dark you roast it. But it's just like how you know you get all that flavors out of it. You kind of go with what's what's seasonal. Is there anything that you that you wish you could get that you can't get? Yeah, there are some like um, some of the Ethiopias. It's kind of getting your hands on because like the larger you know, groceries, they will kind of get those first. Yeah. And then if you get lucky, you could get like the last crop. You know, last year's yeah. crop. So those are kind of tricky, but yeah, some of the hard coffees and some of the, like the, like the Nordic approach coffees will be kind of, you know, what I will kind of expect to get hopefully next year. What are what are your biggest advantages and disadvantages of being a, I want to say smaller is the right word, but more of a tighter, tighter knit group and tighter knit team? What, what, what advantages do you have over the, the bigger guys? Um, from the teamwork wise or I mean like the coffee wise? Both, both sides, yeah. Um, teamwork wise, you know, like, it's more, there's more, um, you know, communications and interactions. Say, um, I mean, for me, I started as a barista. So, being a roaster, you know, I will roast my coffee, I will cup it, I will brew my own coffee. And then, since we're all baristas, you know, we could kind of see how it could, you know, profile could, you know, affect how we brew. Some companies, you know, when they're large, there's a roaster and then there's a barista. Sometimes it's the communication, you know, it's not there. So the roaster will kind of intend to roast a certain way to make certain kind of flavors come out. But baristas, they're not doing a good job of it. So they will kind of, you know, pull a shot that's way too different from how it, uh, how it was intended to be. So having those, those kind of interactions with the baristas, you know, and, you know, we could kind of really get that approach and, you know, meet our goal there. You bring in a new copy, and I'm sure you've cut a bazillion of yeah. the green samples, yeah. and you, you finally get one that you pick. Yeah. Is it... Is it just three of you internally that kind of decide which ones you want um, to pick? And then I have a friend who's a Q grader. Oh, for, uh, Dante, the manager. Yeah. Yeah, so he and I come together. And then there's a couple of friends who are Q graders in the area. Oh, wow. So I will give them samples to try them out, you know. It's a good resource to have. <laughs> yeah, what was What was the first cup of coffee you ever had that made you want to roast? Because roasting, like you said, roasting and barista yeah. and presenting the coffee is two totally different skill sets. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes clash. What what was the cup of coffee that made you go? I want to roast, and I also want to want to present. Or it you, was a Kenya. Think? Oh, interesting. Kenya okay. from four years ago. Yeah, I forgot the origin, but I'm, it was a double A. But I forgot the origin of okay. it. But I tasted it. It was just straight up tomato soup. I was like, I was going crazy, you know? Yeah. How could this be possible? Like, how could this kind of flavors come out of roasting? You know? After that, ever since then, you know, I started digging and digging and digging. 
is there a holy grail for you? Is there an end point for for roasting where you maybe you figure out how to get that tomato soup flavor, or is it just pushing yourself? It's just pushing myself, you know, because every coffee is different. Mm -hmm. Every year is different. When I talked to Mike Perry like a couple years ago when I was in his um, grocery shop, he was telling me, you know, roasting coffee is like making a new friend. At first, you really have to know that person. You try to get to know that person. So each bag you profile, profile, keep getting to know that person. But you know, after that, like after you roast, you get your profile in. You know, it's all about the relationship and how you connect to it. And then when you're done with the bag, you kind of feel kind of empty. You know, oh, it's like saying bye to your friend. Yeah, yeah, it's like a really like a deep relationship you get with coffee. Does there does there ever come up with the barista side of you ever conflicts with the roaster side of you? Yeah, it gets very challenging if you're trying to manage all of the two at once. You never could kind of perfect those two at the same time. Yeah, when you <laughs> kind of focus more on roasting, your burst, like, you know, the skills and the things, it kind of, you know, kind of gets lower. So you try to focus on being a burst, and then your roasting skills kind of goes up. So always having that balance is pretty difficult, too. Are more people dipping their toe in? finding mentors and, and coming up around you? Are you seeing anybody else digging in and trying to catch you a little bit? Or is it still you guys are... Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, specialty coffee shops that's coming up right now. And then, um, but there's a lot of people who are like home baristas, yeah. you know, brewing coffees at home, you know, subscribing to different coffee, you know, from different companies. Yeah. And then coming here, you know, saying, you know, oh, I have this coffee, like that, you know. But then, like, the problem I feel like that kind of brings out is, you know, like, when I started 10 years ago, it was more like apprenticeship, okay. where you have to learn from certain people to kind of, you know, grow your skills. Yeah. But right now, everybody, like, internet's so big, everybody's learning from different things, which kind of can get misleading, you know? For example, like, brewing coffee. There are standards as to, you know, what, how you can brew your coffee, right, you know? bloom for like 30 seconds, you know, brew for 2 minutes and 30 seconds. But then like, every house has a different mineral level of water and it's all different, like they're all different, but then you kind of try to standardize everything, you know. You can get flavors that you're not supposed to get, but you kind of feel like, oh, that's what you're supposed to get. So, And the flavors wise, you know, like say a Brazil is not supposed to have any acidity, let's say, like it was intended that way, mm-hmm. but then you brew underdeveloped, you know, coffee, and you get that sourness out of it, and you say, oh, it's supposed to be sour. Yeah. So it can kind of get misleading in the way and in the long term. What's the biggest misconception about you guys? Oh, since because uh, since we do like like production, like commercial roasting too, like Brazil, like where it doesn't have a lot of acidity to it, people think that we don't do a lot of, you know, specialty coffee or like high-end coffee. So, yeah. Because like people, like, if you think about it, like, majority of the consumers, they're not into specialty coffee. So we try to kind of accommodate for that, but at the same time, we're kind of giving this idea that we're not, like, fully committed to being a specialty coffee. So. But I just want people to kind of enjoy the coffee that there is, you know? Yeah. I don't want it to be, like, a judgmental where, like, yeah, bright coffee is the way to go, you know? It's like, you know, as long as people kind of enjoy the beverage that they're drinking, like, Kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of builds into your vibe of your shop. Yeah, you know, just yeah. Really relaxed, yeah. That's very cool. How did you come up with the name? 
stereoscope. Yeah, it was really hard because I, I had like a one week deadline before mm. I submitted all the applications for the business license. Uh. <laughs> so I was like, keep thinking like the whole week. And then last minute, I was like, because the theme of the, the coffees that I was going for was um, the depth. Oh, you that know, makes sense. when you're drinking coffee, I wanted to have a really good depth and very long-lasting flavor. It's yeah. kind of like a good wine, you know? Yeah. So, I was thinking, you know, like, what kind of represents that? And then, but yeah. then I was yeah, also yeah. thinking of, like, since I was doing it for, like, 10 years, I was, I'm more like a classic guy, too, you know? Yeah, it's like, I value traditions, you know, like the classic stuff. So, I was like, how can I kind of merge into that, you know? There, but so I divide. I looked at the word stereo, which is like an analog way of doing things, mm-hmm. and scope is like a view. You know? But if you put those words together, you get a stereoscope, which is like a glasses that yeah. you see, and then you see a 3D version of the two pictures. So you kind of give depth to it. That was like four words. How have you? You've been doing this unbelievably for ten years. How from when you started? How have you changed in those ten years? So I came to appreciate doing coffee in a more like a open-minded you know, mindset. You know, some people like bright coffee, some people don't, some people like dark coffee. You know, you can't say one is the truth or one is better than the other, you know? So I came to kind of open, be open-minded about it. So when I drink dark coffee, you know, like if it's roasted well, I kind of appreciate that, you know? Yeah, because everybody has different values. But for me, like I prefer coffees to have that you know distinctive flavors of each coffee but if you roast dark you know you're losing a lot of the flavors so in 10 years i kind of um went more towards getting lighter and lighter and lighter and developing yeah because you start with the dark roast always in 10 years there was no (laughs) such thing as like a light roast you know do you see everything going to more specific do you see stuff going more single origin and getting lighter and more complex in the higher notes, or do you see trend-wise? Where do you um, think coffee is headed? I believe it is going. It, it is going to get lighter, mm-hmm. but the problem we ha- we face is the development. Because the problem with going lighter is a lot of people try to just go light and then batch it when you know just a light. You don't think about the development. So when you drink it, you get all that grassy notes to it that. Know, like a battery acid <laughs> so it's like yeah that's like a problem that we kind of face right now that we have to you know solve yeah in the long run if I think about it it will get lighter what are the main questions that you get from your customers that come into your, into your lounge in your cafe? why is your coffee so sour <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. what's your most popular drink here um black coffee wise or you guys get a lot of no face drinks or is it yeah, a lot of milk base, but you know some syrup. But black coffee wise, Ethiopian natural, like yeah, already, yeah. Even the people who don't drink coffee when they first drink it, you know, they yeah. kind of get addicted to it. Yeah. And we have a drink called Spanish latte, which is like a sweet version of a latte. Oh, That's cool. Right. Do you do you pair it specifically with a with a coffee, or do you just offer it all year round? With yeah, those different? like the like the sweet stuff or lattes is more year round. Black coffee is good. When uh, when you go to accounts and you're and you're doing the education, yeah, what do you get? Do you get really stupid questions there too, or is that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> like the steaming too. Like a lot of people don't get the concept of steaming. Like you know, like how you get the froth. Yeah. 
copywriting. Because yeah, it's just that we kind of have to bridge the gap between the knowledge wise. You know, a lot of people are not really educated. You'll be surprised, like, if you try to chain a cafe, yeah. you'll be surprised how many people don't have, like, the general education of how to pull basic espresso. Do you think about that when you're roasting a coffee, how the end user is going to drink it, or are you just trying to make the best coffee you can possibly make here? Um, I believe best coffee is a coffee that's the most enjoyed by the customers. But what I have to think about is, you know, for example, our espresso here is a light roast. It's the same profile as a drip coffee, but we just pull it as an espresso. Hmm. But I can't serve that to all the coffee shops you know, yeah. that I you know, give to because they don't know how to pull proper shots. So if I were to just give them that coffee, which I believe is the best coffee, yeah. you know, it's, it's not connecting at all. So I have to kind of consider the fact that they're not, they don't um, think about coffee as I do. So I kind of have to accommodate that, which means, you know, kind of roasting to a profile where they could extract the proper shot out of it. Yeah, it's best. So you've had, you've had a, sounds like you've had a ton of mentors. Is there somebody who you, you view yourself as you resemble the most of? Because hmm. I learned different aspects of coffee from different people. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, drip-wise, I learned from a guy who came from Korea. Yeah, so that's where my drip came from. And roasting-wise, I first learned, I first started learning roasting um, by myself. So I learned the science aspect of it, yeah. the other chemistry and biological aspects of the roasting first. You know. And then, like the little things I picked up from Tommy, he kind of set me like the standards of like you know what should be there, what shouldn't be there, yeah. what kind of flavors you're looking. Yeah, those things I picked it up from Tommy. But uh, what would you tell somebody who's thinking about getting it? They see the romantic notion of roasting. What What would you tell them? As, a, as a it's not all <laughs> the It's not all the grammar that you see in that say. Yeah. yeah. First of all, you should really know the flavors that should be there from each origin, like the characteristics of each origin, characteristics of the you know processes the altitude and the crop here like after that you could kind of get into it because if you don't if you're first getting into coffee and you start roasting by yourself you don't know what should be there you know so you could kind of be going into your own little grave you know yeah Yeah. Um, so when you guys are when you guys are going to profile this new coffee do you kind of clear your head and roll with it just as it comes? Are you guys looking for something specific at this point? You guys have been open a year almost. Is there? So when you point? taste the coffee after you roast it, uh, you kind of get into the, like, your, um, there are certain things, characteristics of each roaster. So they kind of pick things that they kind of like about roasting. And then they try to fit that coffee into their style, right? After you roast it, you cup it. Um, you kind of have that thing where it's like, oh, there should be this much more of this. Then you kind of tweak it from there on. Yeah. How, how long does it get... I'm sure it's different with all of them, but how long how long does it take for you to tweak one where you're like, all right, we're putting it on the shelf? The thing about roasting, too, is you have to be patient. Like, as soon as you roast it, you can't cup it right away because yeah. there's too much, you know, gas to it. But yeah. the flavors don't really come out at all. So you have to wait, like, one or two days before you cup it, and then you can start to see what kind of flavors are there and what's not supposed to be there. Yeah. And then... So, like, before it takes, 
before it makes it to the shelf, it would take around a week or two okay. uh, to make sure we get it right. Was there a copy that you that you initially cupped that never made it out onto the shelf? Yeah. That it changed so significantly in yeah. the Yeah, there was one coffee. There was an Ethiopia. It was a natural. It was called the Hambella. Oh, nice. But it was an old crop. Oh. But when I um, initially, like, saw, inspected the coffee mm-hmm. and then smelled it and everything, it was, like, really good. <laughs> it was just straight-up strawberries. So I bought it, like, without even cupping it. I mean, that was a mistake, right? Yeah. I didn't even cup it. I just <laughs> bought the bag. Yeah. And I tried to profile it. It took um, 10 batches. I still couldn't find it. Then, so I just had to return it right away. <laughs> Same thing. Have you guys ever had an internal conflict whether to put out a coffee? Yeah, because um, the three of us, we have a different, like, taste for coffee. Yeah, I like really bright coffees at Kenya, mm-hmm. but some people don't. They like they prefer the naturals, mm-hmm. so we'll have a conflict where, like, when it's time to buy like a really high end coffee, you know, that's when the conflict begins. Like, you want to be really careful to, you know, say which coffee you're going to get. So. Who who do you find has been your most typical customer coming in here? Is it people in the neighborhood? Is it the younger younger crowd? Is it just yeah, people it's between like twenties and thirties? Okay, yeah. You guys seem to take a huge you take a huge effort to not alienate your customer and be super pretentious. Yeah. Has that kind of is there is there a I guess is there like a coffee knowledge community? Are you guys are 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 you growing smaller batches of customers that that kind of trust your your knowledge? You have like a, a yeah, fan, yeah, fan base yeah. growing. Yeah, because we um, teach coffee here too, so we have a coffee class. So, yeah, people come here, you know, like, the thing about teaching is, you know, after you teach them, they kind of become your own customers. So, yeah, they're pretty, they become loyal to what you say, but I try to stay away from that because I don't want to be, I don't want me to be the, like, the standard of it, like I said. I want people to be open-minded about coffee, you know. It's not just about bright coffee. Any coffee that tastes good to you, you know, it's a good What's what's been the biggest thing that you've learned after taking over this and and really putting out putting out you putting out stereoscope? What's been the biggest thing that you've learned? Business is really hard. Yeah, trying to um, it's like it's like being an artist. Um, you try to do what you want to do, yeah. but you can't make money out of it. But you try to commercialize it, you only make money, but you wouldn't really enjoy what you're doing. So kind of balancing that out is like the really hard part of being a roaster, you know, being a barista. There's a fantasy where you say, you know, I want to roast these kind of coffees, I want to make these kind of coffees, I want to brew these kind of coffees, right? But it, you can't always do what you want to do because, like, if you don't make the money enough to kind of support the company, you know, you can't do what you want to do. So until you break into that, you know, like, making the coffee that you want to do is, like, kind of difficult. Was it harder to kind of hit that vein? Yeah, so I kind of got into this, like, very, like, like identity issue. It was, like, when I first started coffee. Okay. Because at first, when I started, I did a very, like, specialty bright coffees, very high-end coffees. But the customers that I tried to serve to, you know, they weren't into it. So, yeah, so I kind of stepped back, you know, I was seeing, you know, what is wrong with my coffee? You know? I tried, I tasted coffee, I like it. I mean, it's very developed. I mean, it's good coffee.
coffees, but why aren't they buying? So I kind of got into it. It's like the customers that I was trying to serve to weren't into the specialty high-end coffees. They're more into commercialized coffees, you know. So kind of matching that too, it's like the difficult part of it. Yeah, because you can't try to you know change your like the cafe around saying this is a coffee I deserve. Because if you think about it, like they're kind of jeopardizing their company too. If you yeah. if they were to switch to a specialty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you're a little over a year in. How how did you think this would be different? Did you have any expectations for your one year, you know, one and a half, almost year anniversary? Uh-huh. Did you have any expectations versus versus what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, our goal was to um, hit like twenty to thirty accounts in a year, but like what I kind of misjudged was like um, I was trying to. Put a lot of efforts into each cafe, you know. Take time, train all the baristas, and yeah. then. But I was at the same time. I was trying to grow so fast. Mm-hmm. But what I realize now is that you know you can't do those two things at the same time. So what we decided was you know we'll take time into you know making accounts. But first we'll try to you know set up each cafe so that they represent the coffee that we want to represent. So we'll take each time you know month or two even to change the coffee shop and make sure they're pulling the you know the coffees that we want so what we have that's different from different you know larger companies is that we can really take time with each account you know yeah so if we have that as an advantage why not you know, take advantage of it, so. do you pull shots behind the bar are you breezy yeah, yeah, yeah. is there is it is there still like a nostalgia for that where you're where you're roasting and seeing somebody else on shots and you wish you were behind yeah behind yeah so what I did was I put myself in the schedule to be a barista <laughs> smart yeah that's so awesome. in the daytime I put shots too so that's because I love interacting with people you know yeah. like that's what I kind of felt for in the beginning but if I lose yeah. that I feel like I'm kind of losing my career yeah you know so what do you what do you see what do you see your next 10 years of roasting at just continue learning more growth I mean, is growth is always there. You can never stop learning. It's like, there's no finish line to it. Yeah, so you're always growing. Like, think about Oakland, or not Oakland, but Los Angeles being the big game right now. Yeah, but it's funny how, because I, because I was from L.A., I don't have that thing. It's like, I always have feel like I'm from L.A., so it's like, yeah. I kind of feel like I'm representing L.A. Walk me, walk me through a day. What is, how does your day start? What do you do throughout your day? Yeah, so I get here at 9.30, and then I teach a class for an hour and a half. So, and then we open the shop at 11, which is pretty late. But um, Korean cafes, they start late because, like, Koreans are, like, um, they are more active at nighttime. So they drink coffee at night. So we open pretty late, which is 11 o'clock. You stay up in late? Yeah. And then I'll be running my shift as a barista until 7 o'clock. And then at 7, I'll start roasting until... 12 at night and then I'll cup them and then I'll go home at 1 o'clock yeah, so I'm here for more than like 12 hours <laughs> that's why you have the lounge set up it's, yeah. it's, it's so comfortable I mean yesterday I slept here because I, I went home at 4 I couldn't go home at 4 so I just slept here, yeah. here. has it been has it been good stability to have two people that you've given pieces to yeah. kind of be in it with you while hanging out yeah I mean the thing about I mean what I value from a company or even the business is having fun with it you know 
if if it's not there, I don't want to do it at all. You know, it's the passion that needs to be there, and it needs to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate to have a very talented people around me that kind of support what I do, and then you know, have the same vision. So, what's the best compliment somebody can give you about your company? Um, the time that I feel good is when I intended to roast something in a certain way. So, certain coffee is supposed to have like a strawberry note, caramel. You know, then. When the when the customers pick it up without even knowing it, that kind of makes me feel good. Kind of like painting something abstract and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's the best What's the best cup of coffee you've ever had? Yeah. I mean, I would say a geisha, but it's like everybody's favorite the geisha. Yeah. So the coffee <laughs> that kind of made me get interested, what that I was really interested in was um, it was a. Uh, Nicaragua from a 49. Is there is there any coffee that you're drinking that's or that you found that's like sleeper coffee that that's super under the under the radar and that nobody's really talking about that you can't get enough of? Oh, I'm compelling rich. Yeah, he's With a really Kian, yeah. yeah, he's a really good one. He was uh, he was the first one that we did the interview. Oh really? Kian, yeah, we, we kind of bundled the whole downtown. Yeah, he's there. such a nice guy and like yeah. anytime he has the opportunity. He will always introduce me to the people that he's kind of supporting. Oh, awesome. You know, you don't really see that a lot, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody's trying to be competitive. Everybody has their own thing that they want to kind of support. But then him, you know, he tries to support the whole community out of, you know. Everybody's base is the same. Yeah. Everybody wants to build community. Yeah. Everybody wants their, their customers to also grow with them, but they also want... Do you guys... Are you guys highly competitive at all? Do you do any throwdowns? Do you guys... Participating in any of that, or do you submit for any Brewers Cups or anything like that, or is it? Yeah, um, this busy? year he's trying, he's planning to enter the Brewers Cup. Oh, very cool. But I mean, what I feel like um, competition is like I don't feel like there is a competition. It shouldn't be. It should just be about giving the customers what they want. You know, yeah. if you kind of mm-hmm. shift your focus onto that, yeah. there shouldn't be any competition. It's not. It's not about who's a better coffee roaster or you know, who's a better company. It should just be about, you know, how are you serving your customers. What moves the needle as far as educating the customer the most? Is there is there something that you found? You teach a class. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you compared it to wine? Do you find a lot of wine aficionados or wine drinkers come in and that's an easy parallel to draw to it? Or is yeah. There, or do you kind of have to start from scratch? So people who are, um, I have some friends who are, who are like chefs. Mm-hmm. They work at a Michelin star restaurant too, but they have a very developed palate. Mm-hmm. So you don't even need to explain to them what kind of taste there is. They already know. They already have that thing. Yeah. But you know, regular people like the reason why I kind of got into you know teaching people is, I mean, there's so many flavors out there that yeah. you can kind of enjoy, but you just didn't have the chance to kind of you know get into. So I feel like you know by educating them, everybody could enjoy the same coffee that all the you know especially the coffee industry. You guys have a very distinct bag design. Yeah. The white logo with the yeah. gold lettering. How did you guys? Is that on? Is there? Is there? A, how did you guys come up with that? What was um, the? So the, so the idea behind it is, you know, why you put all the designs and try to make your bag flashy when coffee should just speak for itself. You know. Okay. I just thought, you know, why not just be simple and just let the coffee speak? You know, if the coffee is good enough, people will just buy it. You don't need to try to, you know, advertise your own bag. 
since everybody has like flashy bags, mm-hmm. if I just try to go simple, it will stand out, right? So <laughs> that's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Is it? You guys clearly handbag every every you know order that comes yeah. in. Does a huge order come in and you guys just roll your eyes and go, oh, it's gonna be a long night. Do you play do you play music when you roast your coffee? Yeah. What 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 music makes the best coffee? Do you stick to a specific genre or is it just whatever? Uh I play music that's more calm. Yeah. If I play like hip hop or like fast music, <laughs> I kinda get, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you like your arty? Dude, it's so good. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it had been it had been almost a year since I had it, and it's, I remember why it's one of my favorite coffees. So what are what are you guys all drinking here? Are you guys? Oh, those are all different profiles of Kenya. <laughs> oh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Right on. So do you have a system that you go, or you just kind of rock out all the different profiles and everybody's cupping, yeah. tasting, drinking? It? We just do like different profiles, you know, and then see how those taste like. In a couple of days, we'll make critiques on the profiles. So, I want to talk a little bit about your shop. You did all the wood paneling. You did everything yourself. You guys. Um, I did it with my friend. He's a carpenter. So, it's kind of got a. Like I said, like it has the lounge feel to it. Yeah. It's very. It's it's kind of perfect for education. You got yeah. The open layout. Yeah. But it's kind of got a second wave vibe to it. You got yeah, the coffee exactly. bags out there. Yeah. It's, it's got a cool, like, yeah. nostalgia feel to it. Yeah. Um, are people are people surprised when they come in here? Do they like if they come in for the first time? Uh-huh. Are they surprised at how good the coffee is, or is there is there like a general reaction when you get that first uh, first time customer? Uh-huh. Um, I get a lot of surprise from like the specialty coffee drinkers, just because <laughs> of the vibe itself. It's more, it's not as pretentious, you know. Yeah. You come in here, it's like it's very chill, so you don't feel like it's a very professional place. But once you taste the coffee, you know, you know it's good, it's solid. So yeah. yeah. Is there um, is there somebody who's coming and drank your coffee that you geeked out, that excited you? Is there somebody who? Maybe a mentor, or maybe somebody just in the coffee world that you never thought would end up here. Yeah, my mentor stops by, you know, once or twice a month, and just drink coffee and have a chit chat. But yeah, when he says, you know, if something's good, it just makes me really feel good. Yeah. And um, my vendors who come here, like, yeah. the, like the coffee suppliers, they stop by to kind of check up on us. And then when we give them coffee, when they really get excited about it, they're kind of um, did you did you grow up drinking coffee at all, or did you? My mom actually owned the cafe in Korea. Oh, crazy! Yeah, she's a heavy coffee drinker. <laughs> so, what does she think of your coffees? Oh yeah, so I sent her some coffee to Korea. She lives in Korea right okay. now. So I sent her some coffee, and then um, we have a lot of like coffee connoisseurs in the family. So yeah, awesome. once in a while I would send them coffee, and then. Uh, is, is the coffee in Korea significantly different than what's what's being roasted Unfortunately, in Unfortunately, the coffee in Korea is not as good as coffee here. Okay. Just because the profile of the roasting itself is a little different. Okay. I'm not saying all coffee shops are like that, but in general, you know. Because in Korea, like, most of the business, they come from drinking ice americanos instead of, you know, really good black coffees. Yeah. Does that frustrate you at all? Like, that there's... You guys are just kind of doing your thing. 
I mean, you like, because we really enjoy what we do, and then the interactions that we have with the customers, it's enough for us to kind of, you know, sustain ourselves as baristas and you know, coffee people. So, I mean, we don't really care about all the spotlights that you can get, you know? Like, I mean, after all, it's about the customer. You know? like, so, I mean, for me too, I'm not, I'm not a really com- competitive person, so I'm not really interested in going to competitions like, I don't really, like, honestly, I really don't see the purpose of it. Like, is it to feed your ego or is it to show how good you are as a barista, you know? What would you, what would you like to see for coffee in this area? What would kind of be, what would be a nice development over the next two or three years that you would like to see? Well, I would like to hear more people saying, um, what kind of coffee offerings do you guys have for black coffee? And then asking, like, you know, do you have a, you know, fully washed Ethiopia? Yeah, hearing those will kind of tell me that, you know, like the industry is growing in OC too. Because yeah. it's not as big as LA, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's only getting bigger right now, but it's not as big as LA. So, you know, having, you know, hearing those things will kind of make me feel better about it. It is unbelievable, man. It seems like there's four areas that it's highly concentrated in. Yeah. It's a, you know, LA, New York, you know, Portland, Seattle area, yeah. San Francisco. And that it's... There's still a huge market. Yeah, of that's course. not even been touched and yeah. more people that need to you know, should, you know that you can teach and, yeah. But man. if you really think about um the business aspect of the specialty coffee is um you kinda have to go to the place where people are ready to kinda accept the specialty coffee. Yeah. And there are certain people who are, you know, really open to those, say like artists or like, you know, people in twenties and thirties. Yeah, younger people, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because if you're trying to go to, like, Temecula, for example, <laughs> and you try to serve specialty yeah. coffee, it will be tough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, that's, a, that's a really great point, is yeah. having, I guess, having colleges in the area probably yeah. helps. Having yeah. turnover of people on here probably helps. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Do you have, this wasn't like it when, I'm sure when you started as well, we're almost the same age. I got into coffee because I could make a lot of money when I was yeah. young. And, uh-huh. you, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. that's how I started. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it was garbage coffee, yeah. but it was the best garbage coffee you could get. Yeah. Are you seeing? Are you seeing like really young, you know, sixteen, seventeen high school kids getting interested in in what you guys are doing? Like what, like sitting and trying every single brew and, and pulling every shot. And, yeah, I mean, like, but then, like, the younger people is that, and what the problem is, they kind of see the glamour of it, not the actual taste of it. Kind of like Lottier, you know? Yeah. You see a Lottier, you kind of want to draw it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I start teaching, I never start with the Lottier. I always start with the cutting, you know, proper knowledges of it. Yeah. And, you know, how it's produced, how it's processed, you know, how it gets to what you're drinking right now. And then Lottier will be, like, the last thing that you kind of learn. But before I even teach latte art, I give them coffee, two lattes, compare it without latte art and with the latte art. And then they will see that it's different. Honestly, it's better to not have a really good latte art where it's defined. Because you're losing, you know, you're kind of separating the crema from the coffee itself. So the milk that is mixed with the espresso, it doesn't really have a lot of flavors to it. So when they taste, once they taste it, they know it's different. So they kind of appreciate the true values of the real coffee itself. So. Yeah, if you're doing a bunch of tulips, yeah, you're yeah. just separating. Yeah. Segments, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Think about that. But at the same yeah. time, I love La Tierra. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's what gets people hooked. Yeah, it's yeah, something exactly. exciting. Yeah. 
guys are at stereoscope.com or stereoscopecoffee.com. Yeah. Um, do you guys do a lot of social media or is it more uh, just the website? And you guys are doing this. You're busy. Yeah. <laughs> doing other I mean, stuff. We try to do cool. marketing, but I mean, yeah. since we all love Latiar, we kind of do a little, you know, pretty Instagram. Very cool. Once in a while, I'll get really good copies and then I'll put those on.